Hey, surprise. Let me do some midnight reading for you. If you're interested, listen along. I'll just read the first chapter. Chapter 1. Prologue. The truth. The bitter truth. The red and the black. Oh yeah, I should mention this is a fan-translated Chinese novel, so... The zone around Yang City's North Nanping Road in the Flower Market District was like a demon with a half-face of makeup. The broad, straight two-way road split the whole of the Flower Market District in two. The East District was one of the city's busiest commercial centers, while the West District was a forgotten old neighborhood, gathering place of the city's poor. Following several years of properties in the East District, successfully being auctioned off at sky-high prices by real estate tycoons, the old neighborhood, badly in need of transformation, had caught some reflected glory. The cost of paying off and relocating residents had risen with the tide, grinding off a clutch of developers and erecting a capital barrier among the cramped and impoverished alleys. Neighbors living in dilapidated houses dreamed all day of using their dozen square meter rundown rooms to get rich overnight. Already they were feeling the sense of superiority from the idea that my home is worth millions torn down. Of course, these slum millionaires still had to put on their slippers and line up to empty their chamber pots every day. There was still a chill in the air on this early summer night. The summer heat that accumulated during the day was quickly overwhelmed. The barbecue carts illegally occupying the streets packed up and left one after another. The inhabitants enjoying the cool air went home early, too. Occasionally, an old street lamp flickered unsteadily, most likely because the nearby illegally crowded rentals were siphoning electricity off the power line. Meanwhile, one street away in the commercial center, the nightlife was just getting started. As evening approached, a street-fronting coffee shop in the East District, a barista who had just finished dealing with a mass of customers, finally seized a chance to take a deep breath. Before she could smooth her smile-stiffened features, Back into their original shape, though, the little bell hanging over the glass door rang yet again. The barista had to once again put on her regulation smile. Welcome. A decaf vanilla latte, please. The customer was a tall and slender young man with hair almost down to his shoulders. He was dressed in sedate and solemn business attire, wearing glasses with metal frames. The thin frames sat on the high straight bridge of his nose. 
He looked down to get out his wallet, his hair swinging forward over his chin and covering nearly half of his face. In the light, his nose bridged and lips seemed to have been daubed with a layer of pale glaze. He looked cold and unapproachable. Everyone appreciates beauty. The barista couldn't help glancing at him a few times, making conversation while she tried to guess the customer's preferences. Would you like sugar-free vanilla in that? No. Extra syrup, please. The customer handed over some change and looked up. The barista's eyes met his. It must have been out of politeness that the customer was smiling at her. Behind the lenses, his eyes curved slightly, a warm and somewhat ambiguous expression at once breaking through his earlier display of sullen propriety. The barista now found that while this customer was good-looking, it wasn't a regular and dignified sort of good-looking. There was a hint of peach blossom flirtation in his eyes. Her face inexplicitly heated up, and she quickly avoided the customer's gaze, looking down to input his order. Luckily, the coffee shop's delivery person came along then. The barista hurriedly gave herself something to do. She loudly called the delivery person over behind the counter to verify the shifting manifest. The delivery person was a young guy, around 20, brimming all over with youth. He came into the coffee shop with the golden evening light. His skin was dark. He smiled, showing off a mouth full of small white teeth, and gave the barista an animated greeting. Hello, beautiful. You're looking happy today. Business must be good. The barista just took her monthly wages without paying attention to how the coffee shop's business was going. Hearing this misplaced flattery, she waved a hand, not knowing whether to laugh or cry. It's alright. Get to work now. When you come out, I'll pour you a glass of ice water. The young delivery man gave a joyful cry and wiped a sheen of sweat off of his forehead. At the corner of his forehead, there was a small crescent moon-shaped scar like a justice bow with its props stuck on crooked. In the time it took the barista to make the customer's order, the delivery person had cleared his manifest in one fell swoop and came to report black. He leaned on the counter, waiting for water, and chattily asked, Beautiful Jie do you know which building the Changguan Mansion is in? Changguan Mansion? The barista thought it sounded familiar, but she couldn't quite remember, so she shook her head. I'm not sure. Why? Oh, the young delivery man looked down and grabbed the back of his head. No reason. I heard they were looking for delivery people. The barista wasn't paying much attention and didn't notice his uncertain little gestures. Putting a lid on the paper cup, 
She casually said, "I can ask around for you." Ah,、uh, your drink, sir. Careful, it's hot. Maybe the coffee buying customer had nothing to do. He looked at the little delivery man, and idly put in a few words. The Changguan Mansion isn't a commercial building; it's a private club out back. What? Are they still looking for delivery people? Why don't I take you there on my way? The barista finally noticed something was off, and doubtfully looked at the young delivery man. A private club. The young delivery man saw that his lie had been exposed, made a face, and taking his cup of ice water, and shipping manifest, ran off in a flash. Out back of the brightly lit heart of the East District's commercial center, there was a large swath of man-made greenery and landscape. A kilometer into it, you would find the deluxe residences of the Haunty Struin, indistinctly throughout the heart of the landscape. They had to build the residence here, because solitude itself wasn't worth any money. It was only finding peace in noisy surroundings that was worth money. All kinds of luxurious grounds, of different degrees of style, were arranged, fanning out from the landscape's perimeter. I mean, perimeter. <laughs> Style was that axis. The more expensive were further in, and the cheaper were forced out closer to the street. Among them, the best, the most expensive, most stylish piece of land was the Changguan Mansion. The place's owner was not only rich, as pretensions to culture went. His achievements were profound. The little courtyard had been renovated in the style of the ancients. At a glance, it looked like a protected cultural and historical site. It had been completed not long ago, and in order to show it off, the boss had invited a group of wealthy and estimable friends to come and have a look. Some came to socialize. Some to discuss business, some simply to support their clique. There were quite a few who had sniffed out the events and had to join in the fun, planning to use their faces and bodies as tickets. The parking lot was full of luxury cars of every description, and a festive scene. Out of Vanity Fair, had been set up. When Fei Du strolled over, he had already finished his sticky sweet cup of coffee. He had heard from far off the sound of music and the voices in the courtyard. He tossed the paper cup into a trash can by the road. Then heard someone nearby give an off-key whistle. <whistles> President Fei. 
here. Feidu turned his head. Not far from him, he saw a group of people standing, all idle for die. Heading them was a very modest young man, dressed all over in rags. This was one of Feidu's disreputable companions, Zhang Dongle. Feidu walked over, ridiculing me. Who would dare to ridicule you? Zhang Dule openly swung an arm over Feidu's shoulders. I saw your car was already here. I've been waiting for you forever. What were you doing? And what on earth are you wearing? Were you just signing a bilateral trade agreement with the President of the United States? Feidu didn't even glance at him. Jerk. Zhang Dule accordingly closed his mouth for a minute, pushing his endurance to its furthest point. No way, this look of yours is too gosh. You look like someone's dad chaperoning. How are you going to pick up girls? Feidu's steps paused briefly. He reached out a finger, hooked his glasses off, and casually hung them from Se Duilang's collar. Then he stripped off his suit jacket, rolled up the sleeves of his shirt, and started undoing buttons. His un- he undoed four buttons in a row, revealing a large portion of an indistinct tattoo on his chest. Then messed up his hair. He picked up Zhang Dule's paw, slipped off three large rings as crude as thimbles, and put them on his own hand. Will this do, son? Zhang Dulez considered himself a worthy person, but he was still dazzled by this stunning transformation. Fei Du was the head of their group of Ferdei, because the rest had their old dads looming over them while they were still crown princesses. Fei Du, meanwhile, had been motherless from a young age and as soon as he reached the age of majority, his father had gone into a car crash and became a vegetable. Now he had ascended the throne ahead of schedule, putting him a grade above the others. He had money and no one to mind him, so he had naturally become a fighter jet among the crowd of the sons of the wealthy. Fortunately, he didn't have the hobby of playing the part of the commercial genius. Ordinarily, he went about things according to the rules. Not going out of his way to make any wild investments, he simply stuck to the word dissipation and wasted his fortune. Though it was a fortune that couldn't be wasted away in a short time. Although recently, he seemed to have eaten something funny. For a while, he hadn't been going out to fool around. It seemed he meant to wash his hands in a golden basket or a basin. They do stuck his hands in his pockets and went a few steps ahead. Actually, I'm only here as a spectator today. I'll leave at midnight. 
Master Fei said Zhang Du Donglang. That's weak. When a group of rich kids gets together, is leaving before the second half of the night, any different from not having come at all? Fei Du declined to comment. Zhang Donglei asked, Why? I'm solemnly and earnestly pursuing a wife, Fei Du said carelessly. Is it suitable to play around while I pursue? It doesn't show quality. Zhang Donglei looked at his shirt and long hair blowing in the night wind. Aside from dissipation, he really couldn't think what other quality Fei Zhu might have. He quickly went after him and said, You're crazy. Ignoring the whole lush forest to go after one old poor. Fei Du suddenly turned his head and looked coldly at Zhang Zhonglei. There was something particularly contradictory about his manner. Smiling, he was full of flirtation. But as soon as his face turned serious, this keen, solemn feeling would seamlessly take over. His gaze was almost menacing. Zhang Donglei's voice came to a halt. He stared blankly and didn't finish what he had been saying. He raised a hand and slapped his own face. Bah, I was wrong. Another day I'll apologize to my sister-in-law face to face. The word sister-in-law somehow seemed to soothe Fei Du. The corners of his mouth, which had been pulled tight, softened and he waved his hand as though magnanimously ripping out the page of what just happened. Zhang Junlei rolled his eyes to the heavens. He felt that his majesty had been bewildered by a beautiful concubine and the future of the nation was in jeopardy. Fei Du suited action to word. As soon as it hit midnight, like Cinderella hearing the clock strike, he promptly left the scene. He passed through a whole crowd of ghosts and demons, avoiding a moron raising his glass to, of champagne to toast him, and went into the little woods to find Zhang Donglei. Zhang Donglei was just discussing harmonious concerns of life with a beautiful young woman. Their discussion was in full swing, as if there was no one else around. The Moran drunkly said, You have it all now that your dad is dead. Master Fei, you really are the winner in life. Thank you. My dad isn't dead yet. Fei Zhu nodded urbanely and looked over at Zhang Dunlei. What's the rush? Zhang Dunlei was a rotten and shameless oaf. He whistled at Fei Zhu. Master Fei, together? No, Fei Zhu's steps didn't stop. If you see my sexy physique, you won't be able to control yourself and go off early. That'd be very humiliating if it got out right, beautiful. I'm going. 
then paying no attention to Zhang Junlei's shouts. He quickly left by the gravel road. His steps were steady, not at all like someone who had been drinking half of the night. By the time he reached the parking lot, he had already buttoned up his shirt again. He very properly called a driver and leaned against a big scholar tree to wait. The beginning of summer in Yan City was always laced through with the scent of scholar tree flowers. It often blooms out from a corner, almost indistinguishably faint. The exhaust of a passing car could mask it, but if left undisturbed to accumulate, it would arise once again on its own. The distant music coming from the Changguan mansion mixed with the rankish laughter and din. Feizu narrowed his eyes and turned to look. He saw a group of young women playing games with a few pot-bellied and balding veteran fresh meat types. Even though this was Nanping's East District, at this hour, most of the shops had already put up their shutters. The true gentlemen and the hypocrites had largely withdrawn before midnight after exchanging business cards to expand their social connections. Those that remained all had a tact understanding that they were about to take part in the lakes of wine and forest of meats portion of the evening. Feidu plucked a small white flower off the tree, blew the dust off of it, and then put it in his mouth and slowly chewed. Out of sheer boredom, he opened his contacts. His finger hung over the name, Officer Tao, for a while. Then he suddenly noticed that it was very late and gave it up. He stood quietly with a sweet taste of the scholar tree flower in his mouth. He began to whistle, the whistle gradually becoming a tune. Ten minutes later, the driver arrived and gingerly drove young master face, clawed and fanged little sports car out into Nanping's road. Fei Zhu leaned back in the passenger's seat, resting his eyes. An application on his phone played an audiobook. A man's lipid voice rang in an even tempo. I have secret enemies, answered Julian. The driver was a college student working part-time. He rather detested the world and its ways. He thought if Feidu wasn't a debauched fur die, then he was an overlooked 18th-rate little celebrity. Suddenly hearing these words, he couldn't help looking over at Feidu in some astonishment. Just then, a car appeared ahead with its distant lights turned on, nearly blinding the driver. 
he silently cursed. Crazy. And subconsciously turned the steering wheel away, watching the car blazing its searchlights brush past him, as swift as the wind and as quick as lightning. The driver's eyes was still a little dazzled. He couldn't see what kind of car it was, so he couldn't pick a suitable criticism between you think you're so great because you're rich and if you don't have the money to afford a better car, you shouldn't drive. He felt extremely disappointed. Then he heard the thump of something dropping and turned to look. It turned out that the phone loosely clutched in his employer's hand had slipped and fallen. The recording was going on. But is the road less beautiful because there are thorns in the hedges which border it? Travelers go on their way and leave the wicked thorns to wait in vain where they are. Feidu was asleep, dead to the world, so he had been using the recording as a cure for insomnia. The driver looked away expressionlessly. So he was just a Good for nothing. Golden on the outside, but useless on the inside. While the driver indulged in his flight of fancy, he drove steadily along the straight Nanping Road, while the car that had just dazzled his eyes turned off its lights after they had gone by, noise noiselessly turned, and drove with familiar ease into the silent west district. Nearing one in the morning, a streetlight that flickered half the night at last died a natural death. A stray cat patrolling its domain jumped on top of a wall. Suddenly it howled, all the fur on its body bristling. The weak moonlight fell on the ground, lightening a man's face. He was sprawled on the ground. His face was so swollen with congested blood that it was almost impossible to tell he had originally what he originally looked like. You could just see that there was a little crescent moon-shaped scar at the corner of his forehead. Stuck on his forehead was a jaggedly torn strip of white paper, like a talisman to keep a corpse he was stone dead. The bristling stray cat was so startled it put a foot wrong and went slipping off the top of the low wall. It rolled and fled without looking back. How was that? I'm not a pro. <laughs> but, so that's chapter one. This is a fan-translated Chinese book by... Um, it's the author is called Priest. I think that's probably his or her. What's it? Pseudonym? Pseudonym? And actually, this book is called Silent Reading. It's a um, murder mystery novel. Pretty much has to do with crime and um, law. And I mean, side note, but I guess it's not really a side note, but. Yeah, it definitely has um, like homosexual love. So 
that shouldn't be an issue to anybody, I don't think. I mean, they don't get too detailed about anything. This is, if you can imagine, still being written under, I think, the laws of, and published under the laws of Chinese government, so it doesn't get too in detail. So don't get too nervous, I guess, if you should. You shouldn't, but... I think this book is amazing. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I don't know if I'm going to read chapter two. We'll see. I'll try. Eventually, maybe this month, I'll read every chapter. I'm not sure if I'm that dedicated because this is quite hard. I'm not. And it gives me so much respect to people who do this professionally. I mean, even if I do my own stories, they're just like not, you know, chapters. So, and okay, to mention, basically, I will link, yeah, I'll link um, the online translation that I get up. I use, I download the EPUB, so that's what I was reading on my phone. But you can just read it on text online as well. It'll be in the description, and there are some parts <laughs> that I might have read it wrong, but I was like, oh, I just can't, oh man. <laughs> can't continue to stop and go back but you know actually really did it a lot really gives me props to people who do this professionally like once again so i hope you enjoyed that um well maybe i'll continue i probably will we'll see we'll see for this month at least since i'm not going to be doing the mornings um yeah so i hope you enjoyed this midnight reading and yeah, pick up this book. So good, man. There's five books. It's completed. It's amazing. I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm obsessed. But if you're not yet sold, maybe I'll still keep reading and you can be sold. <laughs> I hope you have a really good night. Um, This might not be good to sleep too, actually, because it can get kind of scary. <laughs> I think personally... Book two is really scary to me, but um, yeah, good night or good morning, uh, have a good day, week, 